This podcast is powered by Masterpiece Kingdom Brands. This episode is made possible by ownothingnonprofit.org. Today it is an honor to have with us on the show the one and the only, all the way from Nairobi, Kenya, DJ Crowbar. <laughs> Let me do an African dance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our show today. It's such an amazing experience so far and an honor. All right, man. How's everyone? My name is DJ Krober. My African name is Karumba. It's an honor to be here. Nobit for inviting me for the few years and the many years we've served God together, man. It's an honor that it has culminated to this, man. It's an honor. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, DJ Krober. And you know what? It always brings me back to our experience together in that mission trip in Kenya. What a memorable and meaningful experience back then. And that really moved my heart personally. And I got to know you and see you in action there. That was really cool. <laughs> for our listeners who are with us for the first time, who also just discovered the genius of DJ Krober, a very, very quick introduction. I'll ask him to talk more about it later on. But he actually won this TV show back in 2008. That TV show changed everything for him. DJ Cobra, you can just tell us more about what happened in 2008 and why it was so significant. All right. So what happened in 2008, there was a DJ competition that was organized in Kenya by the, you know, it's always good to give context, by the biggest beer company that we have. It's known as East African Breweries. They sell alcohol across East and Central Africa. And so they have different brands. And one of those brands was doing a DJ hunt to look for the best DJ in the country. And the brand, they called the competition Mfalme. Mfalme in Kiswahili means king. That's what it means. So it was Pilsner Mfalme. So they were looking for the king of DJs within the region. And it being a beer-sponsored event, I thought, ah, I don't know how this thing is going to go, but uh, I'm going to join in. I was desperate to grow at that point. I was in a place in my career where I needed to have my own DJ gear and stuff. And so I got to that place and me and my friends, we said, hey, let's try this competition. And so actually what gave us the punch to enter, this is the part I never told you, Nobit, was we went to one of the auditions that they were doing. You know, when they were doing these eliminations and looking for DJs. So me and two of my DJ friends, we went there and we saw the quality of DJs that were there. And it was actually these two boys that told me, dude, I think you can win this. You need to enter the competition because then they knew what kind of a DJ I was. So you were not even really planning to join. No, I, I, I had an interest in joining, but the fire was fanned by these two guys. Is that making sense? So yeah. So they just said, hey, dude, we know what you can do. Why don't you enter this competition? And that's how I ended up entering. Now, those eliminations were happening all around the country, and the Nairobi ones had finished. And so I went back to the town that I am from, which is known as Nyeri. It's about two and a half hours from the city. So I went back to visit my mom and I entered that competition in Nyeri. And long story short, phase after phase, elimination was done, went to quarterfinals, went to the semis, found myself in the finals, bro. 
And all this time I'm playing gospel music. I just want your audience to understand this. I am playing gospel music throughout this competition. From start to finish. Just from start to finish, I'm playing gospel music. And I'm just progressing. I was ready to be eliminated because of that. I just mentally prepared myself to be eliminated because this is a beer-sponsored event. And secular music and beer just go hand in hand. And so I was in a place where I was ready to be eliminated mentally. I had prepared myself for that. But as time was going on, I was just like, hey, oh, you're progressing. You're winning. You're winning. You're winning. And here we are in the finals. And I went there. I, and I knew the DJs who were there were really good also because I had had some of them play. And out of the nine DJs that were there, four of them, I knew them personally. So th- it's a community. You know, it's a community. And so... Enter this competition and bro, long story short, man, 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 man. At 3 a.m. in the morning on the 28th of December, I am announced the winner of that competition. Speaking of the competition, I found this clip online and I want to show it to you. And I have a particular question. And okay, this is your winning moment. Yes. And let me just play it quickly. The first ever family. Yeah. I'm gonna Let's to it up. I just found it so interesting that when they called your name, it looked like you're in disbelief. Like what was going on in your mind at that moment? I know what was going on in my mind. My mind was thinking, God, I have stood for you and this is how you are rewarding me. I was completely flawed by God's faithfulness at that point because I had entered the competition. Wow. Well, why am I crying? I had entered the competition thinking I would be eliminated because I'm playing gospel music. And so getting to that point was a pure point of gratitude of God's faithfulness. That's what was going through my mind. At that point, let me tell you something funny. During the day, I had met my then girlfriend, who is now my wife. And I remember telling her when we were eating lunch, I remember telling her that I'm going to win this event. And I don't know where the courage to say those lines came from, but I remember deep in me saying that I'm going to win this event. But when I won, that didn't flash my mind. What flashed my mind was God's faithfulness. It was, my God, see what you have done see what you have done and yeah that's what came through my mind wow that is just incredible <laughs> i saw that video and i'm like what oh, could have been in his mind because normally when you see these people winning a competition they're in shock but like yeah. jubilant it took you a while i feel like you you were in that state of shock for so long yes the, and the rope that they had put on me and the crown oh yes oh yes this is something funny eh about this competition. And I remember it's my mom who was telling me, my English name is Frederick. So my full names are Frederick Karumba Ngatia. And so Frederick is a German name that means peaceful king. So 
me being crowned Amfalme, which is king in Swahili, was like the name coming alive. It was destiny. Oh, oh my God. It was destiny. In one of the yes. articles that I read, you were now being called the best gospel DJ in Kenya. How do you Man. feel about that when they call I, you that? It's an honor. Titles like those are not self-given titles. It's purely God's faithfulness. Let me put it like this. Out of me being obedient to God's calling over my life, because I have to be obedient with what God has called me, that is a crown that God has bestowed over my life. For real, out of just me being obedient in what God has called for me. And anytime I hear that, I am truly, I'm truly honored. It's, it's a humbling thing. Very few people will get to be called that in their lives. And man, what do I wow, say? That's so true. Yeah. It's an honor and also a responsibility, I think, that you that's carry. Right. I'm also just curious, DJ Cropper, why do you think that you are in a very specific genre of the gospel music? For us who's not very familiar of this kind of genre, why do you think it is special? And why do you think people gravitate to this kind of music? Ooh... Well, let me give you context. As a DJ in Africa, 95 to 100% of the time, I'm playing African gospel music. Is that making sense? So we're in a place in the continent where when I go to play to people within the continent, I'm playing their own music. We are playing our own stuff. And it's very interesting because these rhythms are really cutting across. When I began playing gospel music, 80 or 90% of my music was international music. I began DJing in 2005 as a gospel DJ. And so majority of my music then was international music. And I have seen the sound change over the decades. And it's now here where it is right now. Either way, I would also target this global phenomenon right now with Afrobeats and Afro music right now. And so I'd say that's the wave that we are currently riding. And it has really that very distinct sound. It's almost like a beat that you can't resist but move. And then it's very polyphonic. It's not very quantized. It's quantized music, but you can tell there are some rhythms in between the quantized that, uh, you know, that make it poly. You know, it has this poly element to it. And I think with that kind of the characteristic of the genre and the powerful message of the gospel, it's an incredible mix in itself. It is, eh? it is. Yeah, man. We hear this incredible story of you being on this show and gaining mainstream fame yeah. using a gospel piece, mm. which is very rare i think in the history of entertainment in itself obviously you have been in this around 15 years of being in the business in television and recording and music i think it's interesting to know that when we're doing something like ministry or gospel people think automatically think that it's all good it's all fine there's no, no problems at all and uh -huh. everything is walk in the park but yeah. was there ever a time even in you know because you're doing purposeful work and you're doing yes. amazing sound was there ever a time that you thought of like quitting a djing like just okay i'm good this is good we're done and if there was like how did you overcome that i have in fact before 2008 i'd been djing for three four years and i'd gotten to a place where i am done with this thing i've been djing for three years i'm not breaking out I actually quit DJing in the beginning of 2008. I remember when I quit DJing, I told God, if you want me to DJ, DJing will come looking for me. I remember telling God those words clearly. 
if you want me to DJ, DJing will come looking for me. And guess what? The first ever gospel DJ in Kenya. His name is DJ Moose. DJ Moose began DJing in 1999. He was the first ever gospel DJ in Kenya. And so I, early 08, he says, I'm looking for gospel DJs to partner with have this radio show and I would like you to be part of that radio show. And that's how I knew, boom, God is not done with me DJing. And that's how I went back into DJing. So I have gotten to a place of frustration with DJing and saying, I'm done with this. Another season was when I came to South Africa and I said, God, I'm entering a new season in my life. I'm going to be a studio guy and I want to venture into this post-production season. This has always been a long time dream of mine. Let me go for it. And I said, I'm not DJing. What year was when, this? When my wife and my kids, we were relocating to South Africa. And I said, I'm not DJing anymore. I DJed a few times in South Africa. Man, it's very hard to quit this thing. After saying I'm not DJing, I remember I DJing at my university two or three times. I DJed at that Hillsong uh, event when we were around, when we were doing that Nairobi tour together. And then when we were relocating back, I said, God, I want to concentrate on studio stuff. But if you want me to DJ, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And I remember I landed like this and my former boss at the former TV station I was in called and he said, we need you back on air. And bro, see God, see God. And so I'm in that space again. I'm in that space where I DJ sporadically. I'm more in the studio, so I DJ sporadically. And so I'm in a phase where I'm asking God, what do you want to do with this skill? How do you want to use it? I, I don't want to be that guy who was given talents and buried it. Is that making mm. sense? So yeah. I'm in a phase where, you know, God, how do you want to use this? And put me in the right spaces for this skill or bring the right people in my life for this skill or this number of skills that you've given me and just position them how you want to position them at this point in my life. And that's where I am right now. As I'm praying for that, th that's a prayer request that, that I'm going to drop to your audience so that God can speak as clearly as night from day on where he wants me to be, how he wants to use these skills that he's given. On a branding perspective, I think what people also don't understand is that even if this is some sort of like you're like a brand, right? Uh, a lot of people know you. You don't necessarily know everybody, but you have a perception and image in the minds of people. Some will really know you as you are this reality show winner and this and this and this. But in our conversation, you've always been telling me that you're open to that obedience thing. Like that something I think the world will never understand mm -hmm. that in the heart means because in a mainstream branding perspective why would you want to change your brand in that certain context right like you're trying to rebrand something that already works but what gives you that courage where is that coming from what is going on in your heart that allows you to pursue that change if you look at the person that you are five years ago you'll notice what was important five years ago is not important now and five years is not a long time. We're speaking 2019. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 2019. Do you know what is important to me in 2019 is not important now? That means I've changed. We all change. And that thing of desiring change, I don't know why, but it's something that I always desire. There's an English saying that says a change is as good as a rest. 
I don't know if they've ever had it, but there's something about change. It just brings a new aspect to you. That is really yes. cool. But a lot of people don't like change. Because change is difficult. Change is difficult, Snowbit. Us relocating is difficult. Us going to South Africa is difficult. Us deciding to come back home is difficult. Let me tell you something, Snowbit. And this is funny. We're just talking with my wife. When we had our meeting a few weeks ago, I went and talked with my wife and I told him, do you know I was talking to Norbit and this thing stood out that we have begun life from scratch three times. I began life from scratch when I was 19. From scratch, 30 when we went to South Africa, buying plates, spoons, mattresses from scratch. Returning back home from scratch again. And do you know, every time I begin from scratch, I make better decisions. <laughs> I make better decisions. I realize I'm not going to buy that coach again because of the experiences I had with that coach. So I'm buying this kind of coach. I'm not buying this kind of fridge again. I'm going to buy this kind of fridge every time I make better decisions when I embrace change. And so the message to convey now, if you decide to change, you'll end up making better decisions. They'll be difficult. They'll be difficult, but you'll make better decisions eventually. Wow, that is so cool. That is so... Drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. I have two more questions. In a creative aspect, you have mastered your craft and you're continuing to develop it. And now I see you're also teaching sound engineering and audio engineering. Your experience has a lot of factor with that. On your normal day, what is your creative process? It is a gift from God, but is there something that you do in a personal capacity that helps you develop or be more creative, if I can put it into words like that? That's a very good question. And I have an answer for you. One of the things I do when I walk into a room and I have a responsibility or a task that I need to accomplish, and at times I don't know where to begin, the first thing I usually tell myself is, it has to work or it has to work. That's the first thing I tell myself. It has to work or it has to work. There is no option. And when I'm not even motivated at all, I'll say, what is the most difficult thing to do? And I'll begin with the most difficult thing. So that I get the hard stuff done. (laughs) So let me give you a context. Let's say a TV ad. eh? When you're doing audio for motion picture, we have five layers of sound. We have the dialogue itself. We have the ambience. We have the SFX, the Foley, and the music. The most difficult thing to do is the dialogue. I will do dialogue editing fast. Because that's the most difficult thing to do. Because once I'm done with the dialogue, everything else becomes easier and easier and easier and easier. So that's how I say, what is the most difficult thing that I have to do now? Let me get that one done. So you take the biggest challenge first, the biggest giant first, and then put it down. Yes. Well, that could be a valuable lesson for everybody listening. Sometimes people also do it the other way around, and that's also fine. Everyone has their own way of, of approaching. I think the reason I like approaching it like that is difficult ones are the hardest ones to do. And... When you say, I'm doing this, let's get it done. It's not about getting it right. It's just about the feeling of, I have attempted it. Even if I don't get it right, I'll just say, I have attempted it. And I'll have a sense of fulfillment that I tried, even if I failed. That's so true. I actually have two more questions that I wrote. I did my research, DJ Grover. I did. (laughs) 
one question is this one. It's not easy to stand out in this kind of industry. And it's even harder to stay there yeah. in a longer period mm -hmm. of time. What is your secret, if we can call it a secret, to be able to stay in this industry for this such a long time through the ups and downs? Let me get something to demonstrate. Let's assume the heart is the industry. All right. So everyone begins here at the bottom. Everyone begins at the bottom, right? And then slowly and slowly you grow in your craft and you get to a place where you are at your peak, where people say you are now the best gospel DJ. That's your peak right there. Now, when you get to your peak, one thing that many of us were not prepared for, and I, and I'm mentioning myself here, is when you're not the most shiniest thing in the industry. And this starts happening. This is what happened to me when we went to South Africa. And so you start going down, you start going down, you start going down, and then you start building yourself up. And I'll tell this, if you want longevity in the game, is to avoid doing the circles and go to a place where you end up being right smack in the circle. So this is my end goal right here. I'm not yet here yet, but this is my end goal. So the end goal with being right smack at the circle is the person at the center decides the force in which the circle operates. So this is a point of influence. And my prayer is for God to put me in a place where you determine the centrifugal force, you determine where the industry is going, you determine this is the future of where things are going. This is how we are going to use this tool for God's glory. Is that making sense? This is the place. And that is true, not yeah, just yeah. to create this, but to businesses, to organizations, and to churches. We set the standard. We do things yeah. differently. We do not yeah. conform. I told my wife, I don't want to live my life in cycles. In fact, a song comes to my mind. It's known as Cycles by Jonathan, I think, Rain Reynolds or Raymond or something. Maybe you listen to it after the podcast, but it's a beautiful song. And so I don't want to live my life in cycles. I honestly don't. Yes. I don't mind the ups and downs in life. But just this kind of life? No. I want to be in a place where we are making powerful decisions for God's glory. God's wow. glory. That is powerful. That's so That's powerful. Awesome, and bro. my last question is this. What is your advice to young DJs or young creatives or young entrepreneurs who, like you, dreams of making their passion, their profession going from passion to profession that yeah. is a very interesting question because the institution where i lecture that is our tagline passion to profession <laughs> i have a very good <laughs> response to that the guy who taught me how to dj or the group of people eh? i remember his name is dj kd and kd told me one thing the day you start playing better than me you'll break out I promise you, you'll break out. And I was like, what does that mean? And I said, the day you start DJing and then you hear yourself and then you hear you're playing better than me, then you'll break out. Breaking out doesn't mean you start making the money. It just means that you've broken out. Then you'll commercialize on your breaking out. So for the young guys out there is look for that person that you admire and see that standard that they've set. That standard that this person that you like, look at the standard that they have set. The goal is to be the standard. And I promise you, you'll not beat it in a year. It took me four years to beat KD's standards. Four. So you won't beat it immediately. But the day you'll beat it, you'll break out. That means 
you'll enter into rooms and you'll not be new. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that oh, that guy we saw over there. Oh, oh, you're the guy who's doing this. Oh, you're that girl who's doing that. You'll not be new to them, but you'll be breaking out into those rooms. And then slowly and slowly and slowly, you'll enter into better and better rooms and bigger rooms and stuff like that. Here's the thing to remember. If someone held your hand, hold someone else's hand. Return that kindness. You have to return the kindness. You have to return the kindness. Don't be that guy who's hoarding knowledge. It will never help you. Share, disseminate it. Let me tell you the fruits that I gain out of the people I've mentored in my career. I enter into a room and someone says, I know you very well. And then I go like, so how do you know me? And then they say, you know this DJ? Or you know this producer? Or you know this songwriter? Or you know this guy yeah, that you mentored? Yes. This is what he told me about you. If I never extended kindness, I would have never walked into that room with so much favor just placed on the table. Oh, man. Do good and good will come back to you. Amen to that. Amen, Amen. to that. Wow. <laughs> no, Woo, this was nice. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Any last words? Our listeners are mostly uh, young entrepreneurs. I have last just... words for you. Sorry? I have last words for you. Nobit. Oh, for me? For okay. Yes. <laughs> Nobit, as you water others, may you be watered too. What you're doing, this is for the kingdom. As you take care of the kingdom, the kingdom will take care of you. In Jesus' name, bro. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. I will receive that. <laughs> That's okay. good. That was so good. That's very encouraging. Thank you so much for that. And you are inspiring. You are in doing such incredible work. And I love the level of excellence that you put in every single work and piece of sound that echoes into the world. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your music. And thank you for your kindness. And thank you for loving Jesus like you do. And thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Today's podcast episode was brought to you by ownothingnonprofit.org.